Welcome to Avoid All Spoilers. I'm Megan O'Connor, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brad Blinger. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, we're, 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 what right. movie are we talking? We're talking... Uh... District 9. District 9. District 9. Right. District 9. A classic, if you ask me, when it comes to sci-fi. And actually, I'm going to date myself just a little bit here and start off that the entire plot is very, very similar to a movie back in two, no, no, wow, 1988, there's a flashback, um, called Alien Nation that was a similar topic of aliens landing on Earth and humans basically segregating them into a ghetto and treating them like hell. So basically... Also, fantastic movie. Exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, District 9 didn't spin off into a TV series and five made-for-TV movies, which were also really, really well done. Um, but I actually like District 9 for a lot of its own qualities. Um, Alien Nation, while having an extremely similar plot, made sure to make the humans, or the aliens, much more human-looking. I mean, they basically had bald heads with spots on them. That was the biggest gotcha. difference. And the guys could be pregnant, which was hysterical. <laughs> I know. Whereas with District 9, they are very much the classic bug-eyed alien. So, let's see. So, um, let me get this thing out. So we can, we can give sort of like a uh, plot summary without spoiler. So, <laughs> it, it, it is... Uh, Placed in 1982, a mm -hmm. uh, massive starship, which the, the ship is huge. Like, it hovers over... Oh, yeah. Um, like, Independence Day yeah, huge. Yeah, it hovers over a city, uh, Johannesburg in South Africa. And it's, like, huge. It covers, mm -hmm. like, shadows, basically, the whole city. Oh, yeah. And uh, the alien population is nicknamed the Prawns. Right. Because they're very yeah, bug looking. They, they look kind of like shrimp. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like and they have like shrimp. sort of like lobster claw esque kind of hands. Mm -hmm. Um, and the like twenty eight years later, after they first arrive, um, they become put into like these uh, refugee camp kind of things. Um, it's like yeah, it's militarized. Um, it's like a ghetto. And they are confined very, there, very and they can't away. leave. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the, they want to keep track of all of them, so they'd rather them kind of stay place. Um, and let's see, we got here. In 2010, which is, I guess, the present day, right? 1982 is when the ship arrives, I guess. Um, right. Uh, they say multinational United States is contracted to forcibly evict the population. Uh, and yeah, if I remember correctly, they're moving them to another camp, supposedly where they, because the the camp where they are, um, you know, over what twenty some odd mm -hmm. years has become a really run down. So they've decided to, we're just going to move everybody for the heck yeah. of it. Yeah, and so the guy in the operation is. You want me to pronounce uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, since it's a South African name, Vikas Vandermeer. Yeah. He. Uh, so his name is Vikas. He's exposed to the like a strange alien chemical, and mm -hmm. then 
now he needs to like I guess work with them to because he is uh, slowly transforming into one of them. Right. Which is weird because it, it, the way that they made it seem in the movie was like it was some sort of fuel, but I guess it's more like multi-purpose fuel. <laughs> it it must be, but I think we'll get into yeah, the, in the spoiler section. The odd little errors in the spoiler section for that. Yeah, one. I thought the movie was interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, he's infected by a substance. Yeah, it was interesting. Um I it's it's uh mm-hmm. it's weird. There was like a weird type of gore in the movie. It wasn't like traditional like slasher gore, but there was some gore in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, a big fan of gore, but it was definitely something that I could handle because I think because it was off to the science fiction mm-hmm. spect- end of the spectrum, you know? It, it wasn't like a slasher film or anything by any means. It was sort of like uh, Alien Puke from, like, Men in Black. Right? Like, yeah. weird... Yeah. ...colored mucus stuff. <laughs> not a lot of... Not really, like... Real not really, like, brains and blood and guts. Like, you'd see, like, right. a, like a Deadpool right. movie. Yeah, nothing um, like that. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the movie was interesting concept. Uh, I didn't find it like fantastic of a movie, but I thought it was a good movie. Um, I'd give it like maybe a I seven. Liked I liked it. I I personally would give it an eight. Um, it's something that you can go back and watch over and over and see different layers of each time. And I think it also is one of those ones where it remains socially relevant. Because of the whole putting the aliens mm-hmm. into a ghetto so that we don't have to deal with them and, and we don't like them and the way that they treat them is very, well, inhumane. You know, I mean, they are aliens, but they they treat them like hell, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it's just awful. Which is and odd. there's a lot of commentary. It's odd because you well, would think no, of... It's the other. Yeah, it's like the other way around, right? You would normally think of, like, if the aliens crash-landed... And they weren't, like, treated very well, and they were trying to get off. That It'd be, like, Independence Day style. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah, ther- theoretically. I mean, depending on the uh, type of alien, I guess you could say. Speaking of which, and... that new a- the new uh, Independence Day movie seems pretty good. Yeah, we'll, have we'll have to, to watch that and that uh, comes out. discuss that. That was good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the original, the one that I mentioned came first back in 1988. Alien Nation actually addressed that particular topic of the othering of an mm-hmm. alien in that when they came down to Earth, they were slaves that had escaped their mothership, basically. Okay. And so we had some sympathy, we had some sympathy for that. And that's why we were better able to get along with them in that particular storyline. Um, in District 9, I, if I remember correctly, it's not that they're slaves or anything. It's that they kind of fell off their ship. I mean, there's they're like the little pod that they were in fell. And, oops, okay, well, you're stuck down there. But we have no sympathy, because, in my opinion, in the movie, because they're so alien-looking. I mean, there's not that humanoid look that we can even relate to. They look like a bug, you know, and a lot of people hate bugs. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very easy to dislike them, to put them in the space of other, to 
not treat them as human because they don't look human. Well, (laughs) there's there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of levels in this movie about how we treat people who aren't like us. Yeah, with with these type of aliens, they don't go anywhere into, like, uncanny valley territory, right? Where you're uncomfortable because they seem so human, but, like, something's wrong. No, they don't look anything like that. They're, like, completely, the only thing human about them, maybe, is that they stand erect on two legs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that they they walk around and that they have a language which the language itself is very kind of buzzy and clicky like you would <laughs> sort of like star know, like wars kind of a bug <laughs> where they're yeah. like you know. weird like clicking and yeah so, some sort of like weird yeah, language yeah and even though the character of Vickis can understand a little bit of them you can you can tell that they can't understand each other real well and the humans have really haven't even bothered to try no. Yeah, there's there's a lot of kind of sad commentary on how mean people can be in general in this movie. Well, a little bit off topic. I mean, it's pretty off topic, but it kind of has <laughs> some sort of it, it ties in very little to the plot. But it, it's it's worth mentioning um, in regard to like real world, like human not being like the best people all the time. <laughs> um, they've yeah. made like. Uh, like MIT or something made like a robot that was supposed to hitchhike cross mm-hmm. country. Mm, and yes, it, I and it, when it, it re- arrived in like Denver or something, it just got like Philadelphia. was it Philadelphia? Yeah, it, yeah. Ironically, the city of brotherly <laughs> yeah. love. Then <laughs> uh, it got like just like totally trashed. Mm-hmm. Destroyed. And then you have to yep. remember uh, Boston Dynamics. The mm-hmm. Google owns it now. How they they're right. building like dog kind of looking robots and now they're building like a biped that can like pick up boxes and stuff i saw oh, yes, some of the footage of that on. and it made me think immediately to like terminator where it's like oh god <laughs> one of these days when they become intelligent they're gonna remember that <laughs> or i robot one yeah. of the two and it's like because you see the guy like take this yeah, huge I... pole and just like the robot's just walking forward yes. boom it just eats the dirt with its face <laughs> yeah the tagline was something to the effect of um can a robot be bullied and it's like well it's not gonna forget <laughs> i'm just thinking oh my god that's horrible but yeah so people <laughs> tend not to be super nice you have a robot who first off this one didn't even like it was basically a decor a decorated trash can with some sort of uh equipment to like record it and know its gps location and that kind of stuff oh yeah very but it was very basic, basic. didn't move like a high school project didn't talk didn't do none of that stuff Basically, it was just sitting on the side of the road. Somebody would pick it up, bring it to where they could, drop it off, and somebody else would pick it up. Yeah. And yet, somebody decided that they didn't like it enough that they were just going to completely trash it. Yeah, 2 a.m., and let's be honest, they were probably Probably. drunk. (laughs) Sad but true. Yeah, humans are, are capable of great things, but we're also capable of great cruelty. And I think District 9 was a, a really good commentary on mm-hmm. that. It, it definitely was. It was like a... Like... <laughs> like a... They're placed in like... What you basically is like... I don't know what you would even call them. They're, it's like a government camp. government camp, but like... Not even like it's an internment. Yeah, game. not even like real houses. Like made of no. like any sort of thing you could find, like cardboard right. box or two by fours. Yeah, tin, sh- I mean they're they're very much 
shacks and unfortunately places like that do exist especially in South Africa which is probably why they chose to set the film mm-hmm. there because they have had problems with things well, like that um, it, it was very much a kind of a third world feel to the camp but it's an internment camp they had prison guards they had fences razor wire you had to have special passes to go in and out I mean I, I thought that part of it was very blatant yeah, it's it's reminiscent of like a nineteen thirties Hooverville. Mm-hmm. With guns. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's it's almost basically the same. People would set up on public land and use whatever kind of thing they could find to build a home because they were homeless. Yeah, and that's all they had. So it wasn't like it was going to be a great place. Usually, you know, one room mm-hmm. shacks if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Whatever you could make, <laughs> basically. Exactly. They didn't come on trailers to drop off homes. No, no. I think we're sort of easing into the in, into spoiler, spoiler territory. Part, yeah, <laughs> we, I mean we can break into it if you want. I don't know. I don't know I'm if you have anything that. else to sort of let people I, know I without totally all, ruining it for the people. <laughs> I think that pretty much covers it. Um, it's, it's an excellent movie. It's got a lot of social commentary, and at the same time, it can be just a pretty decent sci-fi thing as just a general rating. I would say an eight, and it's go rent it, go stream it. You'll be interested. Oh yeah, it's definitely worth a maybe like a red box pickup or something. Yeah. Um. So going into spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert. I guess we'll uh, we, we we'll go back over the plot, but in more grain detail. So, uh, basically, right. ships there. It's just hovering. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're. I think it hovers for three months without any contact whatsoever. Uh, yeah. We cut it open with, like, torches and stuff. They get in, mm-hmm. and they discover, like, a bunch of aliens who are, like, have, like, not eaten in three months and are, like, ill and whatnot. Uh, yeah. They f- figured that they're, like, worker aliens. Mm-hmm. Kind of drones, yeah, sort of. basically. Um, and... But with a more individual mind yeah. than drones, but that's what I mean. Uh, and they couldn't find, like, any, like, anybody higher up than, like, these workers. Uh, there was, like, footage, I guess, like, documentary-style footage of, like, a, like, command section of the ship falling to Earth. Yeah. And nobody could find it. So yeah. the ship is forced to just hover, basically, because it has no, uh, like, control room or anything. And there's no nobody's running the show. And there's nobody running it, right? So they they yeah they all leave through this cut hole in the ship, and they're given permission to set up like a camp around, uh, mm-hmm. around the ship, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the slum's called District Nine, hence the name. Which gives you the impression there's at least one through eight. <laughs> it's overcrowded. <laughs> it, it, it's oh, it's a hole in the ground. It's nasty. And then, uh, if you've ever seen the the news footage from shanty uh-huh. towns, I mean that's that's how it looks. It's people putting together well prawns, yep. whatever, but putting together houses from whatever scrap metal and and everything they can find, and it's trash is everywhere. It's nothing grows. It's just horrific looking. And then, uh, um, they're overcrowded, right? Uh, Mm-hmm. Like a black market sort of thing gets set up between mm-hmm. uh, 
Oh, between, uh, like, warlords from Africa. <laughs> of course, warlords, much, because it's yeah. gotta be Africa, so it's gotta be, like, African warlords. Um, and the aliens, uh, where they are exchanging cat food for alien weapons. <laughs> and I guess the cat food has, yeah. like, some sort of, like, uh... Cat, it's like, I think they said it was, like, catnip yeah, for the aliens. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's like interspecies prostitution or something like that too. So it's like, oh. it's like what? Oh. Uh, yeah, that one, that one kind of the concept mm-hmm. grossed me out because it's like, but they look like a bug. <laughs> yeah, Which, that, that was. Uh, since cool. we're in the spoiler section, uh, interestingly enough, I'm almost positive like the alien weapons were like only operable by one of the aliens. Yes, actually, there was a section in the movie where, um, well, we're going to have to back up a little <laughs> bit. So, so Vicus is part of the government, and this whole movie is kind of set in that fake documentary yeah. mm-hmm. mode, which I thought was a great way to do it. Vicus works for the government for this MNU, and he is part of the, oh, we're going to have to go evict these people team, and we're going to go... We're going to make it better for you. We're going to send you to District 10, which is this brand new camp. And you see, you see this big old picture of this, again, a camp surrounded by walls and, and razor wires. And, and they're basically tent housing, and it's all in rows, and it's kind of creepy looking. And they want to send them there. And he goes to evict people, and he is clearing out one of their homes while the guy out front, I believe they called him Chris. They've given them all human which names. Which is which is hilarious, yeah. but oh yeah, it's like we don't care what you're called. We'll call you what we want. Your you your name is now Chris. Yeah. So Chris and his fellow bug have been apparently collecting this weird fluid that they use as a fuel or something for ever since they crashed, which is a twenty-some-odd year project. And when his house is raided by Vicus, and Vicus is going around looking for weapons, and and uh, he actually gets spray accidentally sprayed in the face. Yeah, he picks stuff. it up, this canister. It must be dangerous. And he's, and he's like, "This must be some sort of weapon." And then it sprays him mm-hmm. in the eye, which, right? That's another one of the things oh. that bugged me. First off, they were collecting it for a long time, and it showed them collecting it like drop by drop. So they needed all the yes, they needed. All of it, obviously, because they were collecting it drop by drop. And they finally mm-hmm. had, like, the last drop. And a drop is, like, three milliliters that they needed. And yet this guy yeah. sprays himself in the face and they can still use it. But let's let's just ignore that for now. Not only that, but this canister has the ability to spray as well. <laughs> so it's like, what? Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that if it's that precious a substance, that it might be a little better sealed? Yeah, like, and it, like, almost sort of sprayed out, like, aerosol on this guy's face. It's like... What yeah. kind of fuel canister sprays aerosol? <laughs> yeah, that that with like the really push of a button. Sense. That was one of my pet but peeves. And we can ignore they it. They still though. have enough by the yeah. time it's time yeah. to leave. And it, they didn't show them collecting any more, so it's just like they just had yeah. enough, even though they didn't need the Isn't whatever that... got sprayed on this guy's face. Isn't that handy? But yeah, so he so he gets yeah. sprayed in the face. We'll ignore the fact that they probably shouldn't be able to take off, but <laughs> yeah, and he basically becomes infected with this stuff. And starts partially turning into one of them, which I'm not really sure how fuel could do that, but okay. That didn't, they didn't explain um, that either, so it's no. a multi-purpose <laughs> fluid. 
I guess. But once he becomes infected, then his own government grabs him and starts doing tests and everything, because this has never happened mm-hmm. before. And one of those tests that the government records, blah, 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 is to get all these different alien weapons, because his hand kind of changes yeah, into, into one like of their hands. It's like a claw kind of a shape. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite claw, yeah. but kind of. Yeah, it, was, it had to have been an uncomfortable glove. And, but they test the different weapons because now that his hand has that DNA on it, they'll fire. Mm-hmm. And and Vicus is over the entire f- arc of this. He goes from being one of the government thugs, basically, who has no problem holding a gun on a child and invading somebody's home, to understanding how they act and why they feel the way they do. I mean, basically humanizing them in mm-hmm. so many ways. And during these tests, he shoots pig carcasses and targets. And then his last test, they bring out an alien with an X on his chest and force him to shoot at the alien. And it it makes him sick, literally, because he's been forced to kill somebody that he now recognizes as just an, per, another living being mm-hmm. like he is. Which, yet again, that shows another, like, horrible, cruel part of... <laughs> like, that... That's oh, one yeah. of those stereotypical things that they put in a lot of movies, though, where, like, the government doesn't give a crap about these people, and, like, uh, they're... Stereotypes they're, exist for a reason. They're, like, yeah. <laughs> Governments have done they're, that. They're <laughs> at, like, this alien is at the equivalent of a pig carcass, right? Yeah, and exactly. And they're, like, yeah, so why don't you shoot this guy? We, I mean, there's, like, plenty of them out there, right, for target practice. Yeah, and he's strapped down. He doesn't have a yeah. choice. They basically cattle prod him into sh- to shooting mm-hmm. them. And that gets to the point yeah, of where you need alien DNA to shoot the weapons. So how right. does this whole black market... Maybe the aliens are like, well, we get the catnip, and this idiot's not going to be able to ever shoot this thing anyway. <laughs> and actually, something that I noticed um, that I would love to point out is that the aliens, at least this particular group, were not inherently violent towards humans. They defended themselves... They defended their kids. They would, on occasion, fight back if, if they were injured or hurt. But even when Vicus is originally injured and they're pulling their guns, I mean, the alien is, like, crawling to get away. They don't intentionally hurt humans. Mm-hmm. So, well, they're, again, they're the government makes in a foreign stuff. place, and they know that anything they do could yeah. threaten everyone's livelihood. I mean, what happens if, like, a group of, like, 20 of these aliens decide that they're tired of getting pushed around and they sort of come at them and then they're suppressed and then people decide, well, all these aliens are too dangerous to be around. Time to just go, like, Mm -hmm. World War II style and just execute all of them. So they know that they're in a... They're smart enough to know they're in a fragile situation. They can't... Mm -hmm. They can't be doing... they, they, They can't be basically fighting back against people if right. they're against like injustice where they're not being treated fairly they just have to go along with it because it's a fragile situation here oh yeah another social commentary right there and when they intersperse the little fake news clips of oh there was a riot here or oh there's a little bit of violence here when you actually watch them the Aliens are not the ones committing the no, violence. The humans people. are basically ganging up on them. But the way that government propagandized it and put it forth, it's like, oh, look how horrible they are. Look what they're I mean. You know, they're thugs to 
show you what we tend to say these days. You know, they're othering them by saying, oh, look, look, see, see what they're doing? But they're not. <laughs> they're really not. It's us hurting them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, oh, and the signs. I, I loved the level of detail in this movie. It even went to the point of showing you the signs around Johannesburg for when the aliens could come out and interact with people. I presume they had to have passes or whatever, but there would be things like in a store that uh, no aliens, uh, no prawns or whatever, or over here must have a pass or no prawns pass curfew. I mean, just little things everywhere that, that were very much like, honestly, like the whites only kind of signs of the civil rights Mm -hmm. era. Except no, aliens not allowed kind of thing. So I love the level of detail that went to, to try to make it realistic. It's scary realistic sometimes. Yep, and then uh, the rest of the plot of the movie is that he uh, heads back to, uh, well, after he does this whole uh, thing that he's forced to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes back into the he like gets his way back in there to the town. He, yeah, he goes back to Christopher. Um, and it's hinted at that point that Christopher might actually be part of the leadership uh, that they thought no longer existed. Possibly, because he, he yeah. shows that he has knowledge of this black substance fuel thing. Mm-hmm. And right, how to take that he knows how like all the weapons work and such. Uh, and so... Wilkis or whatever. Vicus. Is it Vicus? <laughs> Vicus, <laughs> Vicus uh, is... Yeah. Uh, uh, Christopher says to him that if he retrieves the fuel cylinder that he seized previously, um, that he'll mm. take him onto the mothership and reverse the transformation from happening. Right. Which shows again that he has... That he's explaining that he has some sort of idea of how the... Substance oh, yeah. works. There's some scientific Whether or not he's they didn't doing expect. a human thing and lying, <laughs> uh, just trying to get the fuel back, or whether or not he actually knows exactly how that fuel substance operates, right? Yeah. And so that's well, their that's their goal now is to get back this fuel th- this fuel thing and board the ship. Yeah. And there's the co- added complication of um, Christopher has a son, and Vikas comes to realize that. He does a lot of this to protect his son and to try to get his kid back to a better life rather than just being in this shanty town. Yeah, and he and uh, Christopher also has the command module like ship. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's almost like a separate like ship that detaches from the. It's like yeah. uh, it's like he the knows Batmobile. How to, find it, how to get into it? Yeah, <laughs> and he has it hidden uh, under his shack or whatever. <laughs> a heck of a basement. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what's his face uh it's basically them trying to get the fuel and get back on the ship and so he can Mm. reverse the mutation against the u.s government and one of the warlords or whatever who uh right vika steals weapons from and the last thing you want to do is piss (laughs) off a local and he says that he's going to cut off his mutated arm and eat it because i guess some sort of like witch doctor guy down there told him that if he eats it, he'll be able to, like, operate the alien weapons or something. Yeah, 
that was sort of like absorb power through <laughs> eating something like that. Which is funny because there's tons of aliens around. Why couldn't he just eat any of the aliens? But maybe it's because he's like mutated or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably something to do with the hybrid factor. Maybe it'd be safer that way. I don't Who know. Knows? It was kind of a strange little subplot, really. Or maybe he's eaten them before and realized it didn't work. So he thinks that maybe this hybrid, maybe maybe the hybrid is the goal or something like that. Could be, could be that that's kind of an icky thought. But all right, <laughs> yeah. Here's something that looks like a giant shrimp, but it walks and talks. Um, yeah, let's have that for dinner with butter. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how the whole movie turned out. I do remember him doing, like, some sort of, uh, like, flower origami, right? With, like, metal scrap or something. Vaguely. Something vaguely comes back to mind about that, but... Well, the the big tip-off at the end, and here's our big spoiler alert, is, of course, Vika's... They they get to the point where they're fighting and he's trying to uh, Christopher's trying to take off in the ship with his son, and there is a little bit of gore here. And actually, this points back to again to the aliens not being violent unless they have to, because they fight back at that point, and it's proven that they can actually rip a man apart. It, don't worry, it's at a distance. It's not that gross. <laughs> if I can handle it, you can handle it. Trust me. <laughs> it shows that they're holding it back the whole time. Exactly, that they don't want to really hurt somebody. But hey, if you come after us and stuff, we we're not we're not going to sit down and just you know let you. We'll try and defend ourselves. And then of course, Vicus helps in the fight and sacrifices himself so that Christopher can take off in the ship. You mm-hmm. know, the noble sacrifice kind of part. Yeah. So. Yep. <clears throat> now, there were some goofs or little continuity errors. Not very many. That I, I love to point out those kind of things in movies. The little oopsies. Of course, we've already talked about the first one. If, if the fuel is so precious, then why did they all conveniently have enough to go after losing some? Mm-hmm conveniently. Um, after the government branded Vicus a criminal when he escaped from them and was trying to get back to the place and they're broadcasting on the news, oh, this guy's infected. Get away from him. And he goes back to steal the, the, the fuel container. If somebody's a criminal and you want them captured and you want to you know, control them, Maybe you should take their fingerprints out of your door security system. <laughs> I'm just saying, he was able to still get through the doors, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, your guard system sucks. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That, that's that's very standard procedure to oh, of course. remove You can't make it that difficult for him, you know. Yeah, there's just, just teeny tiny little things, like... Um, the interviews with the female sociology professor throughout the movie where she's talking about how they would react and all this kind of touchy-feely stuff. The books on the bookshelves behind her in her office, every shot she's in, they're completely rearranged differently. They're not in the same Uh order. And it's like, if this is your office, why would you do that? (laughs) It's the little things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it's the little things or um, 
you know, because it's a documentary style, when somebody's talking to the camera, they'll put their name and their job title or whatever on there, right? Mm-hmm. They misspelled the word liaison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a little thing, but I, that kind of thing. He's, a, pops he's out now a liaison. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a liaison. Or, or, yeah, they forgot the extra I. <laughs> little picky things. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they left the movie off sort of kind of open-ended. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, I mean, a lot of movie places, people do this, though, where they like sort of want to leave it open in the air for a sequel if it comes about because of course money, you know? Well, the directors um, have said that they wanted to do a sequel, ironically, called District 10 for quite a while, but obviously that has not come about, which is too bad. Because well, that's how it ended, is that they, they moved to District yeah. 10. Um, and then uh, one of Vikas's co-workers uh, exposed the illegal genetic experiments mm-hmm. that the MNU was doing. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely potential, and I think a And then they leave uh, his fate sort of open-ended. So, like, people could sort of theorize on what happens to him. Yeah. Because, like, either he's left on the mothership and hiding, uh, or he was captured by the government, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have other sort of theories that maybe a sequel would be where um, they return sort of mad about everything, right? Yeah. And do, like, some sort of war. So almost sort of Independence Day, right? It could be. You could almost call it like a prequel to Independence Day. I don't know if in Independence Day you saw the aliens, though. Uh, that would kind yeah, of... you did when uh, yeah, then that would Will kind Smith of ruin ripped it. open one of the suits, but maybe <laughs> right. they evolved really quickly. <laughs> uh, maybe. Or maybe the aliens from Independence Day are like Related. the warriors, right? And these maybe. And these ones are just the workers. That's very possible. So like each different particular individual like subspecies is like a different class. Right. That could be. Maybe these really were the slaves. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's definitely something you could watch more than once. Um, you know, you can watch it on a light level for just the fun science fiction-y part of it. You can watch it on other levels for its social commentary, which remains relevant even this m- much later. Um, it was made in 2009, so the movie's already seven years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, where's the time going? <laughs> but yeah, and if you have a chance to rent or stream it, I would personally recommend it, definitely. I think it'd be a good science fiction classic, not a blockbuster. It was. It didn't go over well. It didn't make a whole lot no. of money, but it's still really good. It didn't. It didn't get great reviews, but it's good. It was. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'm trying to remember what they what most people gave it. I think most people gave it like a eight. I think probably. Like yeah, IMDb has uh, a little over five hundred thousand people. Yeah, giving it a, an average of an eight. That's not bad. <laughs> Which I agree with. Yeah. That was that's about right. And if anybody really likes the acting of the person who played Vegas. Um, Charlto Copley. You might also recognize him as he played Mad Dog in the um, A Team movie. <laughs> and actually, there's a really funny moment in the A Team movie because the actor himself is South African. So in the movie mm-hmm. in District Nine, you hear what he normally sounds like. Of course, in the A Team movie, he has, plays with an American accent. But there's one scene where they're infiltrating some event. And there's some South African actors 
um, not actors, journalists there at the event, he goes over to them and his character is faking a South African accent to fit in when in reality the actor is dropping his American accent. Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hysterical. You know, accents is sort of like a touchy thing with me. Oh? Like, sometimes if I figure out what somebody really sounds Mm -hmm. like, it almost totally ruins the experience for me. Because <laughs> then I realized that the whole time I was watching them, they were putting on an accent, and it was so believable that I didn't even notice. But that just, I think, um, indicates how good they are. I mean, let's look at the the real quickly. Well, yeah, yeah, it does indicate that. But then every time I watch them, I'm like, <laughs> you, this is an accent they're putting on. It's not their real voice. You just kind of expect them to go back to that. <laughs> even though before, I thought it totally was. <laughs> well, i got to say, the the... And I'm really kind of bad with names unless they're right in front of me. The guy who plays the Sheriff Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead and the gal who plays Maggie in there are English. I was just about to mention that. And in the new season, uh, the guy that plays Jesus doesn't sound like that either. Totally different. He's putting on a voice completely. He's uh, English as well. Huh. It's funny how many English actors are able to do American Southern accents really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Van- Maggie started talking. I was watching like the Talking Dead or yes, something Chris after, Hardwick. and I was like, "Oh, I know, she shock. sounds totally different now. It's ruined for me." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Bill, who uh, Bill Moyer, Mar, Mar, I can't. No. Yeah, Bill Moyer. Yeah, um, who plays Vampire Bill in True Blood? He's English. And I never would have guessed it, it that totally, one. It totally throws me off. Like, for example, like, uh, the other way around. Mm-hmm. We've heard Will Smith plenty of times, but in the that movie Concussion that he was in recently. Which I have not seen, but that's okay. I have not seen it uh-huh. either. Um, he puts on, like, like a African kind of accent. Huh. I'll have to check and it out. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, he... I don't know if maybe I didn't know what Will Smith sounded like if I would just believe it, or <laughs> if it's the case of where it's just not a very good accent. I think it is harder <laughs> when you've seen an actor for a long time with mm-hmm. a certain accent in, compared to a short time, and then you see them with or without whatever it is. It's a little bit of a shock. I know there's a lot of people out there who completely believed that Hugh Laurie from House was American? Mm-hmm. No, he's English. You know, go back and watch, like, the third season of Black Adder, where he plays a very campy Prince George. I mean, it's it's 180 degrees, but there's a lot of people out there that thought he was American, and it's like, no, Hugh Laurie's from England. Trust me, he's just really that good. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is you don't really have to be that good at putting on an accent. If nobody's heard you speak regularly before, a lot of people. Because if you do a halfway decent accent, people can just assume that's your voice because everybody sounds differently. That's one thing about somebody's voice is that everybody's voice sort of sounds different. And so, if you've never heard how they actually speak and they do a somewhat decent Southern accent like Maggie does on Walking Dead, and you've never heard her speak before. That could just be how she talks. You've never seen them in anything But then else. once you hear how she actually talks and you're like, maybe that is a bad <laughs> accent, but you couldn't tell before. Right. That's just how she sounded. Well, um, 
James Marsters in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who played Spike, apparently worked on his accent from a friend who lived in North London. And I personally, having at the time never been to North London, found it completely believable. You know, if you if you want to get an example... Okay, so for those of you who've never heard me talk before, this is a quote from an old Monty Python skit. And it's about Australia. This here is the wattle, the symbol of our land. You can stick it in a bottle, you can hold it in your hand. Amen. Now, if you'd never heard that before, you'd think I was Australian, right? <laughs> if I close my eyes. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's all in uh, how long have you known the person have you mm-hmm. ever heard them talk something like that before um but since i had seen district nine before we rented the a-team movie that's why i found it so humorous it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. he actually dropped his accent so and we all know we all know jacob likes to say theater <laughs> and i think that's a regional thing <laughs> it, it must be there must be some sort of border between you and him that's where it like drops off that's very possible I'm, it's the Californian. Oh, oh theater. yeah, they're they're different. Well, I'm originally from Denver, even though I'm in Seattle and have been for about ten years. So I've got kind of the Midwest flavored Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, because I remember we were talking about movie prices before, mm-hmm. and we said theater, and then he said theater. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thrown a little bit like what? <laughs> I was just like, nope, we didn't say nothing. <laughs> so, but yeah, so yeah, District Nine. District Nine, go rent it. Go stream it. Go rent it. If, it. if you can get it for free on, like, Hulu or Netflix, better. go ahead and do that. If not, it's worth a buck thirty yeah. out of uh, Redbox. If you have Redbox. I guess if you're in a different country, then you don't. But <laughs> yeah, um, If anybody's listening in other countries and don't have this, Redbox is these kiosks that are all over malls and grocery stores. It's like Netflix before they went all digital. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. And they didn't mail it to you. You had to get out of a machine. Yeah, you go, you you look on the screen, you pick your movie, you put some money in the machine, it pops out the movie, go home, watch it, come back and put it in. It's kind of like a video rental store without any people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which is nice if you really don't like people. That's why Blockbuster's going out of business. No, (laughs) Blocker versus out of business where oh, I am. I think I saw one recently. There is that was on a none. Trip. <laughs> I think I'd have to go like 200 miles nobody, away probably nobody does that to find a blockbuster. Well, they're being killed by places like Netflix and Hulu and even Redbox and yeah, the convenience. And you can like reserve movies on Redbox online. It's oh, yeah. just too simple. And you can always go and just search Redbox free code, and there'll be a ton of yes. <laughs> If you have never used Redbox before and you're in the States, go on to like their website and sign up. You can get your, you could get District 9 for free for the night. Yeah. Because almost always your first movie is free. Oh, yeah. And you get it one free for your birthday and stuff Very like cool. That. There's always codes, so. Everybody yeah. posts the free codes. <clears throat> yep. And we're, we're, we're far enough along in the, in the podcast. We can beg people for ratings, so <laughs> give us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Your call to action, and we'll we'll see yep. if we can find a code for you. We, we can't quite be, we can't quite beg you in the first episode, but we can beg you now to give us rating <laughs> on iTunes <laughs> and come back and listen to more. <laughs> yeah, see you later, guys. Did you enjoy this episode of Avoid All Spoilers? Well, why not check out another episode of ours? If you want to give us a rating on iTunes while you're there. 
Or if you want to give us more feedback than a simple star rating, go ahead and tweet me at Brad Bell underscore on Twitter. Thanks for listening.